0: Religious post-traumatic stress syndrome. A lot of people have never heard of it, but it is a real thing. One might be surprised to know how many people suffer from this condition. People that have been abused with religion. Or walked away from religious movements that they were told was the absolute truth. And if they ever turned their back on it, God would not be pleased with them. This is perhaps one of the most important episodes of the Mind's Eye podcast I have ever recorded, because it's touching on a subject that is widespread, and that many people are setting themselves up to suffer from, right now, all across the world. How could such a thing be? Well, we're going to talk about it next. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mind's Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Paul James Caden, and today on the show, we are going to be talking about religious post traumatic stress syndrome. Now, a lot of people out there probably never heard of this. They've heard maybe folks in the military or abusive relationships, different things in life that Cause them to have post-traumatic stress syndrome afterwards, but a lot of people don't know that religious post-traumatic stress syndrome is actually a real thing, and it can be very devastating in a person's life. And I want everybody listening to this show to know that I've been talking about these things lately with the evangelical movement, the Trumpism, the QAnon, everything that's really been going on religious-wise here in the United States, but it really is uh, across the world. This is a widespread phenomenon. And this is a perfect setup for a lot of people to not only lose their faith that we talked about in previous shows, but also to leave them with post-traumatic stress syndrome. It is the perfect storm that is brewing across many lands right now. So I'm not here picking on people. I'm not here putting people down. I'm here to try to help people because this is a time that's very stressful. It's very peculiar when it comes to spirituality and religion, especially christianity across the world right now so this is a real thing and you know i've i've encountered a few people that are going through religious post traumatic stress syndrome because of everything that's happening in the world because of everything that so many people bought into with a lot of these religious movements that are going on right now and around politics and when it turned out not to be what their leaders said it would be, many lost faith, many are confused, many are having a lot of anxiety because they don't know what to do, they don't know what to turn, where is truth, is any of this real? And trust me when I tell you that I've seen people in my life and talked to people, or rather talk to people in my life through the kind of work that I do. And the kind of conversations I engage in with people. I've met people that have literally uh, had nervous breakdowns over religious trauma in their lives. So this is absolutely not something that is made up. It is real and maybe you're going through it right now. You know, it's interesting for me that the last podcast that I did talking about Sid Roth... And my podcast is all over the major podcast platforms, and I also post it on YouTube. And the YouTube community, I don't think they really knew even what to do with that video because Sid Roth and these prophets are hailed as heroes and giants of the faith by many people. Now, people watched it, but it got no comments. It got no thumbs up in the YouTube community. YouTube is probably the place where the... Least amount of people listen to my show. And, you know, some folks have asked me in the past, why do you even bother to make your podcast into videos and put it on YouTube? And my answer is because that's exactly where it belongs. That's where a lot of these voices are coming from, where a lot of people are pulled into this kind of thing. And if one person stumbles across my show on that platform and it gets them to thinking and it starts to free them mentally, psychologically, emotionally, and most importantly, spiritually, then I've done my job. Then I've done my work for God to help someone toward the light rather than keeping them in bondage in religion and groups and all the. Rules and strange doctrines that are out there And that's why, again, I've been talking about these kinds of things Because it's it's a real problem in the world right now And I think uh, there's certainly people talking about it Even other Christian people, which I'm glad to see Christians Talking about these false prophecies and the QAnon And the deception that went on there Uh, But it almost seems like there's not enough voices and people are still doubling down with these false prophecies and false beliefs and man-made doctrines and political agendas. So this is certainly why uh, I do this and that's why I put the podcast on platforms like YouTube because that's a place where it's definitely needed probably the most because As many of us know, places like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, they're a breeding ground for this kind of thing that can cause people to fall into religious bondage, to fall into religious post-traumatic stress syndrome when they inevitably and eventually hit a wall and they don't know where to go from there. So, you know, to really start this conversation off, I know I've talked about my story before, uh, but I'd like to give a little bit more insight. I've never told the entirety of my story, and I don't want to take up a whole podcast talking about me, but just to give a little background, because I'm a person who experienced religious post-traumatic stress syndrome firsthand, and in short, uh, my family was never religious uh, many who listen to the show probably already know this But eventually they started going to the Methodist Church When I was probably in the second or third grade From there, you know, what went into fundamentalism And uh, eventually televangelists, the Word of Faith movement But, you know, my family's beliefs after a while became very um, evangelical And I always had issues with it. I always had questions, but no one could answer those questions. Or I got the old religious answers from the pastors and the priests that, well, you know, it's a mystery. God knows more than we know. We shouldn't question God's ways because this is how the devil deceives us and tries to pull us away from the truth. So, you know, I went through all of that always asking questions, uh, never getting the answers. I actually had uh, an unhealthy fear of God when I was a child because of things I heard in church about God punishing sin. And he may give us cancer or cause a car accident or even the flu or a cold. Anything negative that happens in our life is God punishing us for our sins. So that definitely left a mark on my young life. Somewhere in the early 90s, I ran across the, you know, I got into the Word of Faith movement. And I thought it was better. At least it talked about faith and prayer and a God of love, a God that was for you. I didn't uh, get into the prosperity part of it. I believed that God would meet your needs. God was for us. He would help us. If we had a need in our lives, but I no, in no way bought into uh, the acorn of the prosperity gospel that God wants everybody to be a millionaire and drive around in Rolls Royces and all of that sort of thing. So that was uh, certainly an issue for me. But somewhere around the mid nineties, uh, the mid-latter nineties is when all this really started to unravel for me. Because the Word of Faith movement became the prosperity gospel. You couldn't listen to anyone or read their books or watch their shows without it being money, 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 money. And people saying the most ridiculous things. People like Kenneth Copeland, as I mentioned on my shows before, running back and forth on uh, the stage or the platform in front of you know, an auditorium full of people yelling, you know, I have a daddy, I have a daddy, and he's rich, 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 referring to God. And I said, I I think this is about enough for me. This this is getting into the uh, insane right now. Uh, This does not resonate with me at all. Now, the interesting thing was for me is I had a whole lot of religions converge at once in my life at that time. Jehovah's Witnesses showed up at my door. I didn't know anything about Jehovah's Witnesses. I said, sure, I'll read all your books. Here's a donation. Give me everything you got from your Kingdom Hall. And they did. And I read them all. I went to a couple of their meetings. I asked questions. Uh, In the end, I said, this doesn't really resonate. This doesn't really feel right to me. Uh, I think there are things that are misrepresentations of the Bible. And I said this nicely. I said, I'm not you know, saying you, know, you guys are bad or anything. I'm not going to be one of these people that bash to each their own, but it's not for me. And at the same time, the Mormons showed up at my door. And at the same time, a friend of mine that I knew since I was 13 years old became a Catholic, but he wasn't what they call, he wasn't a real Catholic. He belonged to this fringe group that still did the Latin Mass. They didn't follow the Pope. The Pope was in error since Vatican II. They were ra- waiting for the restoration of the Catholic Church and the Latin Mass and all of that. But he had some real hellfire and brimstone kind of stuff, and it all just started converging and converging, you know, all these people saying, no, we have the truth, no, they're wrong, no, they're, you know, blasphemous, they're heretics. And then I was going to the Christian bookstores. There were three of them in my area at the time. I used to buy music, a lot of Christian rock and metal that I was into, and, uh, I told the story before that one was Baptist, one was non-denominational word of faith, and I really don't know what the other one was. They were somewhere in between. But I would go to the Christian bookstores and they would say, you don't go to the other two bookstores, do you? They're this, they believe that, they're heretical. And they would sit around and talk about one another's doctrines and beliefs and what was wrong and what was satanic. And the one Bible bookstore that I went to was called the Promise Bible Bookstore in Middletown, New York. Now, the guy that owned it was nice. I I, I really liked him. But I think he was confused himself because I would go in there and, you know, he would strike up conversations with me saying, Oh, I used to read this version of the Bible. But then I read a book where one of the translators said, It's not from God. It's demonic. You know, I used to believe in this, but then I read a book where this guy said, you know, not to believe in that sort of thing anymore because it's demonic. And I remember telling him, I said, man, you know, don't you ever get tired of the tug of war with these people? Oh, no, you know, i like to hear both sides of the story. But these people were all all over the map. And eventually, everything just kind of collapsed for me. I pulled away from Christianity. I was out. You know, when I saw all these voices that were just against one another, hodgepodge of people, we have the truth. No, we have the truth. And there was all this craziness. Uh, I pulled out. I walked away. And uh, I've told the story before. I had a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. It was very difficult to get through. I mean, I literally was like a soldier that, you know, was, uh, you know, at war, and then came home. You know, I'd, I'd dream about this stuff and like wake up in like cold sweats and anxiety and like shaking it. It really, because you know, God was the foundation of my life, as they say, God was the wind beneath my wings. And when everything you believe is shaken to such a degree where everybody's fighting and backbiting, and you're seeing all these different religions all pointing at one another, all hating one another. Everybody's going nuts. My daddy's rich, 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 you know, and he's, you know, all this type of thing. It just seemed like everything had turned into a backbiting loony bin to me. And after a while, things started to simmer down, and I decided I, you know, I I, I wanted to stay within Christianity, so I tried the Catholic Church, the actual Catholic Church. I went, I talked to a priest about it. What do they believe? What about this? What about this crazy thing my friend belonged to? This anti-Pope movement. And, you know, the priest was nice enough. So I ended up giving the Catholic Church a shot. Uh, I didn't believe in purgatory. I didn't believe in limbo. I didn't believe everything they were selling. So there were issues there too. But I liked the sacredness of, of the Catholic Church, I liked as they say the bells and the smells and the rituals But eventually uh, it started getting a little weird And the priest started really pushing this purgatory limbo, angry God And he I don't know what happened with this priest, it was really nice when I first started going there But anytime I would speak to this guy, he had such like a vitriol toward me. You know, he was like giving me dirty looks and he'd like snap at me. And there was one day, um, it was actually uh, the Holy Thursday Mass. And after, if you don't know what Holy Thursday is, what they do is they have a Mass and then they move uh, the Eucharist to... Uh, A prepared room where you sit and you have Eucharistic adoration, you know, representing Christ in the tomb uh, before he rises on Easter Sunday. And we went out of the side door of the church. We're going toward the building where the, you know, everything is set up for Holy Thursday and it was snowing outside. And you're supposed to walk, you know, quietly to uh, the Eucharistic adoration and not really talk. But everybody was talking. And there was this guy walking next to the priest having like a full-blown conversation while they're walking to the, it was the Sunday school building. And I happened to turn and I said, man, with the snow after doing the the Holy Thursday, I'll have to go back and do Christmas Eve. It's getting white out here. And the, the priest looked at me and he just this mean look like I wasn't supposed to speak. And he was like, come on. And I just felt I was ready to go off, you know, the, the. It was a time it was not a good moment to be acting that way toward me. And I just had to, like, force myself just to walk, get in my car, go home. Because I was about to, yo, what the F is your problem? <laughs> which, which that would have been really nice on, on a holy Thursday. But hence, you know, it was very difficult. I said, I'm done with all of this. And the, the religious post-traumatic stress syndrome uh, for years... Um, I couldn't read the Bible. I couldn't even have a little statue of Jesus in my house. I'd put it on the shelf. You know, I'm going to put Jesus out. You know, Jesus is cool. He'd be there for two hours. i got to put him away. I can't stand to look at it. It's giving me anxiety. You know, it's starting to, like, freak me out in my mind to have, you know, anything Christian around me. And this went on for a while. And I explored a lot of different uh, spiritual and religious paths within that time. And I, I kind of felt this heart for Christianity, but I could never quite get back to it. As I said, I'd, I'd set up in, in my office, I always have little statues of angels, and you know, it's a very spiritual atmosphere where I'm sitting and doing this podcast, but uh, there was once upon a time if I had any little figurine of Jesus or a cross on the wall, sometimes it might be there for an hour, sometimes it might be there for a day. And just looking at it, it would start literally like freaking me out. I'd have I'd have an anxiety attack every time I looked at it, and I'd have to say, "Okay, Jesus has got to go back in the closet. I I can't handle it. I can't I can't stand looking at it. It's like you're bringing me all of these flashbacks of like horrendous, um, just religious craziness that literally." pulled the rug out from under me, uh, spiritual wise. So in a nutshell, I mean, there's a lot of details there I'm editing out, but I wanted to give my story, uh, you know, A to, a to Z and, uh, not spend the entire podcast on it, but I know what that is like and it, and it can literally take years. And I met people when I was at the tail end of getting over it. And when I was over it, who had been going through it for years, I know people that if I looked them up right now, they'd still be going through it. They were seeking counseling. They were on medication. Some of them had nervous breakdowns. Some of the, I know one, uh, one particular woman who actually checked herself into a mental health facility, which is something that's not uncommon with uh, religious post-traumatic stress syndrome. So it's not a pleasant thing. It's very, and anybody I talked to, they said it was, it was hell to get through it. And it was, it, it wasn't an overnight success. It wasn't something after a couple few weeks or a couple months or like, Hey, I'm cool. I'm over it. Um, no, it takes years. It literally takes years. And I did it by myself. There were times I didn't think I would be able to, uh, but by the grace of God, um, I did. I got through it. I feel that I was led and shown truth and getting back to the truth within myself. And that really saved my bacon, as they used to say in the end. And I certainly took a little bit more time uh, telling my story than I wanted to. But I wanted to say it all to you know let people know I've I've been there and I've done that and I know how difficult it is when someone is all wrapped up in uh, say an individual like Sid Roth and his show and these prophets that he promotes and you know they're wrong you know their prophecy failed and then there's people like me and others saying hey, you need to get away from that. These people are false prophets. You know in your heart, and I know there's people out there that know in their heart, they need to get away from all that because they've been sold a lie. They've been sold a bill of goods that is not true. But they're afraid. Because now what exactly is religious post-traumatic stress syndrome? Well, first of all, you question what you're hearing, but you're deathly afraid to reject it because you've been told for so many years or all of your life that this is the truth. And if you reject the truth, God will reject you and you will spend eternity in hell. So there's a fear there. There's a fear that says, I can't walk away from this. Yeah, maybe these individuals are flawed, Sure. Maybe they give some false prophecies. They're not perfect. Sure. But this is the truth. I have to stick with it. And then there's also the addictive aspect of it. All of your friends, your family, you're so used to that adrenaline rush of the end is coming." you know, Jesus is coming. You know, Donald Trump is coming with the storm. You know, there's always something looming over the horizon that's going to change the world forever and lead us into the millennium. And it can be addicting. You don't want to lose your friends or your family. What what will they think if I reject this? But there's also a certain... Addictive quality to those kind of apocalyptic messages That evangelicals have preached for so many years And then there's always the question people ask themselves The third and big problem If I walk away from this Where will I go? Where will I find truth? And they ask themselves that question partly because they could go to a church where the message is really watered down. And there's a lot of them out there that just don't really have any spiritual nourishment or insight or life in them whatsoever. We could go to a church that's more radicalized, but that might be a little bit scary. But we're also told, you know, in these circles of evangelicalism that everybody else is an error. They say they're Christians, but they're not. They say they worship God, but they're believing doctrines of demons. So everybody else and everything else is tainted. They're all being lied to by the devil. Their doctrines are of the devil. They're in error. They don't have the right Jesus, the right version of Jesus. So people get confused. People get scared. People get anxious. Where would I go? Where am I going to find truth? The devil is everywhere. There's, you know, all these problems with all these other religions, even Christian denominations. So where would I go? And then there is that certain percentage of people that even though it's confusing and hard and they don't know what's going to happen, they don't know where they're going to go, they pull away. And that's when the real fun starts, because you feel that you are going to hell. God hates you. You've made a colossal mistake. The devil has finally succeeded in deceiving you. You are now a Judas Iscariot who betrayed Jesus because you betrayed the truth. And then comes the anxiety and the night sweats and the night shakes and the nights when you wake up in a cold sweat with your entire body feeling like a thousand needles is going into it and you're riddled with this panic and you try to stand up to run somewhere but you find that your legs won't support you. You spend your days feeling like you're going insane and that you just sometimes actually want to scream at the top of your lungs like a crazy person because you don't know what else to do. And sometimes when you're alone, you actually do give the primal scream. And then you wonder, what am I doing? I'm not going to make it through this. You think about it, you dream about it, you worry about it, and it becomes a hell on earth. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, these are the symptoms of religious post-traumatic stress syndrome, and it is not fun. So it's understandable why people don't want to walk away from these movements, because... Wow, what's awaiting you on the other side? All of that. No thank you. And we're seeing that now. We're seeing people that pulled away from evangelicalism. We're seeing people that pulled away from the QAnon nonsense. We've seen people that have pulled away from the Trumpism. And many of them are saying, I'm lost. I feel relief, but yet I feel lost. I feel alone. I feel afraid, I feel anxious, I feel scared, and every day is a challenge, and some people can't get through the day without seeking professional help, being on medication, or they literally have a nervous or emotional breakdown, because the pressure and the stress Gets that terrible And some people come out of the other end of this Not believing in God at all Some people come out of the other end of this Like an ex-drug addict I've gotten all the poison out of my system But there's something in there that tells me I need I need religion in my life Yes, I believe in God But where do I find God? And they'll go seeking the next group, the next movement, the next thing to get involved with. Oh, I thought I had the truth before, but now this is the truth. And here we go on that roller coaster again. But see, it's like a drug addict that that relapses. Every time you relapse, it's harder to get clean. And now, many of you know why so many times in my shows from the beginning when I started the spirit side till now when I talk about these things, I always say you don't need a leader. You don't need to seek a leader. You don't need to seek another church, another movement, another group. Because in doing that, you're just returning to those old injurious landscapes And it makes it even harder to break away the next time. It doesn't matter how much poison you drink or how many different kinds of poison you drink. It's still poison. And that poison is all over the internet. That poison is in many different churches. It is a really deadly concoction right now in a lot of the evangelical movements. So we have to be really careful, ladies and gentlemen. Because this religious post-traumatic stress syndrome is a real thing. It's a horrible thing. It's one of the hardest things in your life that you will ever go through if you take that step to say, I'm going to be courageous enough to break away from this group, from this movement, from this person, from this prophet, from this person who tells me every day or every week that they hear from God, Jesus, the Father, and all the special little information they have for you, that you make it through these hard and treacherous times that are coming. And that they don't steal your crown and you make it to heaven with Christ within you. It's incredibly hard to break away from that kind of thing. Many can't and many won't. And some will. But it will be a descent into your personal hell. It really will. But what are some of the things that make that personal hell easier? How can we get through this? Well, that is something we're going to talk about in the next episode. This is an important topic. I think it's incredibly important for the time and the day in which we live. I think it's important for somebody that's been through it and talk to other people who have been through it. What helped them? What got them through? What made it easier? What were some of the things that help you not feel like you're going to lose your mind and fall on the floor, a babbling vegetable, (laughs) every day? And I chuckle at that because I know that feeling well. I know that feeling well. Thank God it is far behind me now and it's it's not funny when you're going through it not at all but i think we need to dedicate a show to talk about getting through these uh difficult times and situations and religious post traumatic stress syndrome Maybe there's people out there that want to break away but they don't know how because they feel all that fear, they feel all that confusion, they feel that they're going to be slapping Jesus in the face if they walk away from this, quote, truth. And so we need to start having some understanding and some tools that will make that journey easier, if not easy all the way around. You don't need to stay in these movements like people stay in an abusive relationship. Because that's what these things are. They are spiritually abusive. They are psychologically abusive. And you don't need to be afraid that the big bad wolf or the big bad devil is going to come and get you. If you say, hey, you know what? I don't need you anymore. Because isn't that like the, the uh, abusive relationship? Isn't that what they always tell the person that they're abusing? I'm doing this for your own good. You need me. You wouldn't make it without me. And isn't that what these kind of religious movements do? This is the truth. You can't make it without me. You can't make it without this truth. If you're not talking to me, if you're not coming to my church, my group, our denomination, you're not hearing from God and you're lost. They make you feel dependent upon them. While they put you through hell. And that is a form of abuse. So we're going to talk next time uh, some of the ways to navigate through this. And uh, hopefully these next couple of podcasts will be helpful. And, uh, you know, help aiding some people to get away from these uh, abusive religious movements and find true faith and light and happiness and peace in their lives. So if you're struggling with that kind of thing, stay tuned. If you know somebody that's struggling with that kind of thing, maybe share this these next couple of podcasts with them because that's what it's all here for, to help people. And I'm not a saint. I'm not anybody's hero. I'm not uh, the know-it-all spiritual guy. But I know enough to tell people, set yourself free. You don't need all these middlemen. You don't need all these religions and groups being the middleman between you and God. You don't need that. Just be happy. Just be free. It's okay to let go of the fear and the worry and the self-condemnation. So I'm not the, uh, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm not the, uh, the brightest light bulb in the building. But, you know, I'm here to try to help, and that's what it's, this is all about. So hopefully this will. Uh, these next couple of shows will help some folks out there because I think we really, really need it. This is, uh, this is a very crazy time when it comes to religion and spirituality in this country and uh, across the world. So I hope you uh, got a little bit of understanding of something out of this show and maybe you recognize yourself in some of these symptoms and problems and things people go through that's setting them up for post-traumatic stress syndrome when it comes to religion. And I hope you'll tune in next time to maybe find a little light to guide you on your journey if you're really thinking that you want to get away from these movements that just trap you and make you dependent on them. So until next time, stay safe, stay well, take care of one another, be kind to one another, and I'll see you next time here on the Mind's Eye Podcast.